We've heard from the players and the coaches. And now it's time to hear from you. This is Jazz Playoff Overtime with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I tried. I really tried. I tried. Oh Alex Lundberg and Amanda Smith can attest that I, Austin Horton, during the lead-in, I was faking. To, I was fired up. I was, woohoo, here we go. And then the guy ended saying the show, and I went, ah, no. Anyway, hi. Much like the Jazz second half, I decided not to show up. Ooh, that was a good one. I'm going to give can it you, to you. Yeah. Can you that was be nice. NBA contenders if you make what, three three-pointers in the second half? How many, Amanda Smith? Let me. They let me made 17 in the first half. They had a team three franchise playoff 24. record. Three of 24 in the second half. Woof. Terrible. And not only that, I can live with that. I cannot live with the ole on the other end of the floor. So, bad night for the Utah Jazz. Bad, 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 bad. Not great for them. I do think that in like certain areas they played okay but like i do want to give a little credit to like the during clippers. the commercial breaks or <laughs> you know what they were the like clippers were hot great. right but the clippers were great i don't want to discredit what they did and what paul george did because he showed up um and did exactly what he needed to do so i'm having a little fun with it because and you nailed it right there two things i want to hear from the jazz fans tonight Eight five five three four zero zone 855-340 zone. Now, this is I just got this text from an inside source that the Clippers have to win again for the series to be over. So that's just some good news there. Isn't that wait? Yeah, I'm I'm being facetious. Okay. Austin. It just feels like people have just quit. <laughs> like, well, the locker room cleanout tomorrow. No. 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 The Jazz are they could possibly win game six. This is what I think. I think that initially, and you can tell me if you disagree, totally fine. I think maybe... the Stop it. <laughs> I think maybe the initial action reaction to hearing that Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play in this game was like, cool, moving on. Jazz have got it. It was That was foolish if you felt that way. Yeah. Right, but I feel like I was seeing some things online. Sure. You know, like that kind of mentality. Whereas like the Clippers, the last, you know, two and now three games have been phenomenal. They have been playing great, even without Kawhi Leonard. Like, on the floor tonight, they just executed. Well, and uh, so the the two things I want to hear from the Jazz fans are, uh, first of all, I got nothing. I don't know know what to tell you about the Jazz right now. I, I don't know that they are healthy enough. I don't know that they are good enough right now. I don't know. So I got nothing. What do you have? What what where can the Jazz not just dream to be better, but where can they actually be better on Friday night and force a game seven back here Sunday? So that's number one. Uh, the the second thing I want to hear from Jazz fans is I want somebody to give me a legitimate reason you don't like Paul George. I love because, that because I don't get it. I really Same. don't get the quote unquote hate for Paul George. I don't. I don't understand it. I get that he pushes off. I get that yeah, that uh, the, the, the series with the Thunder was fun for Jazz fans. I was right there on the floor for that series. It was fun. It was exciting. 
But I don't ever see Paul George in the police blotter. I don't ever see Paul George, uh, you know, bad mouthing uh, anybody. I don't. In fact, tonight, Paul George, whether sincere or not, he did say the words that he he high, gave high comprom- compromise compliments to the Jazz fans for how they they. So I want to know a legit reason. Why do you not like Paul George? Because it doesn't make any sense to me, and he. The only thing I can think of, Amanda, is he did dub himself Playoff P and then was terrible at it, but tonight he was Playoff P. Like, to a T. Yeah. <laughs> so, those two things. I got nothing. What do you got? Yeah, and call us. why do you dislike Paul George? Like, legitimately. Not, I don't, from a basketball I don't standpoint. like his tattoos. No, okay. from a, uh, from Goodbye, a basketball you know. standpoint. Because... Yeah. I think that whether or, even or not a human standpoint, uh, right? But I think that there is like something about rooting for a team, rooting for your team, but appreciating a great player and a great game. That was Paul George tonight. Yeah, you can appreciate greatness while still rooting for your own individual team. Eight five five three four zero zone. While you call in uh, and share your feelings, uh, this is how this one sounded. Did I not put it on the, the page? I put it on the page in the other room. I don't know they why it didn't show up on okay. the That's okay. It's like 1230 uh, in the morning. See if you can dig that up there in the in the uh, playoff overtime folder there, Alex Lundberg. <laughs> Sorry about that. I I made it. I put you great did it. painstaking effort into making it. In fact, I dare say I was better at the montage than the Jazz were at shooting the ball in the second half. Whoa which means that I got one, more than three things correct. Okay. <laughs> so you got four. I'm piling on a little four. bit, but come on, man. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, but again, I got nothing. I don't know. that The shots just didn't go in. Right. They got the shots. They just didn't go in. I don't. That's where I say, Amanda, I got nothing. But it's like after the first half, you would have thought that the lead that Utah had was much larger from the shooting that they had from the three-point line, right? They're 17 of 30. They had, what, a five-point lead at halftime? I think it was? Yeah, 65-60. That being said, then you start to look over, like, 11 turnovers. You start to dig into, like, little... How many, 11? 11. In a half? Not good. They average, what, 14 a game this year? Utah Jazz do? We We can find that real quick. So if you have 11 and a half, um, you're on pace for 22, I believe that's how that math works out. So, And then, you know, when we talk about, like, Utah scoring, uh, I worked with the radio broadcast tonight, Ron Boone. He, he made a great point that Mike Conley, against the Clippers throughout the year, averaged 25 points. Um, without him, you know, you have to find someone else to put up those kind of numbers. Donovan Mitchell didn't put up the numbers we're used to seeing from him necessarily in this game. Uh, He did have 11 in the fourth quarter, but he had 10 points in quarters one through three. Um, And so it just, it felt a little, a little off once you got away from the three point shooting. Yeah. And Jordan Clarkson, I don't think scored in the second half, did he? I think he had one free throw. Finally, oh, wow. All right, yeah. Speaking of, the Jazz missed 17 free throws tonight. Yeah. That's an exaggeration by about nine. Maybe 11. What did they miss? Eight? 
19 of 27. Yeah, they missed. <laughs> they missed eight free throws. All right. Uh, now we've got, and by the way, they lost by eight, so go figure. We've got the uh, Jazz playoff overtime highlight package of game five. Uh, even the computer didn't want to hear it, but you're going to hear it anyway because I've worked hard on it. <laughs> You know, as I came up to the studio after grabbing a delicious hot sandwich from the press room dining service, I made small chat with the elevator attendant, Robert, who made the point that the Jazz couldn't afford to dig themselves a big hole to start tonight's game like they'd done previously. An astute comment by Robert, and one the Clippers didn't care for, obviously, as they opened this one looking like an absolute juggernaut. Donovan's double team gets caught in the air, throws across the lane, and Batum steals it. He had two guys open at the top. Bad vision by Donovan on that one. Terrence Mann, second-year player out of Florida State. His mom, head coach of the University of Rhode Island when he was a kid. He knows the game well. Here's Paul George in the paint, sees Rudy, curls out. Morris, one-on-one on Ingles. Pull-up jumper left side is good. Morris is their second leading scorer in games in which Kawhi Leonard does not play. Ingles swings to O'Neal. Right side three for Royce. No good. Battle for the offensive rebound, and Paul George has it. 2-0 Clippers in their white uniforms. George attacking because Gobert's not back yet. Now Rudy's in the lane. They kick out, rotate. Jackson bobbles. Left corner, Batum for a three. Good. Slow closeout by the Jazz. Really slow closeout there. Timeout, Quinn Snyder. Got to anticipate where that pass is going, and they did not do it at all. That was a not very good start. Donovan misreading things and throwing it away. Boyan not closing. Timeout, Quinn Snyder, 5-0 Clippers. Off-ball screen, freeze Ingles. He works to the right side. Chesta O'Neal in the corner, holds it, gives to Gobert. Now back to Ingles, bad pass. Deflected by Batum, and Joe doesn't run after it. Terrence Mann does it, lays it up and in. you got to go after the ball. Wow, 10-3. The good news was the hole at that point wasn't so deep, Utah couldn't climb out of it. Back up by Donovan, kick to Royce. Ball fakes a three, takes a dribble. He struggles off the bounce, but hits this. The attack in the middle of the floor, into a pick and roll, and a backdoor cut. George attacking to the rack, ripped away by O'Neal. Round ball robbery! He up, that's Dingles. Maybe that'll spark him. Back to O'Neal through the lane on a bad pass. Rotates to Bogdanovich, right corner three, good. Transition. Ingles off a pick with Gobert. Chested to O'Neal. He'll fire. He'll tie it at 10. Thank goodness for Royce O'Neal. The kid who went to Europe for three years. Battle through free agency. Worked his way from being released at Summer Leagues. Got a tooth knocked out and said, I'll still practice. Is the one who is fearless at the biggest moment. Timeout. Tyron Lue. And then Royce O'Neal made his presence felt on both ends of the floor. Donovan terminates, left corner, Boyan's got some airspace, fires the three and hits. Boyan by Donovan's one of the best corner three shooters in the NBA. Left open in the left corner, and he ties it at 13. Terrence Mann playing in place of the injured Kawhi Leonard. Right side, Paul George, Rudy hovering, bad pass down low, loose on the ground. Rudy has it out, left to O'Neal. Scott Bogdanovich in the corner, but he'll attack the 10, lay it up, and in! He'll buy it, he'll get one free! He outstanding tonight. Long rebound. Who else but Royce O'Neal? Man, he's been amazing. He'll think about a three. Go to Boyan. 
Kicks it back after Royce, resets Donovan. Seven on the clock. They get a switch, that man on him, but I don't know why. They had Jackson originally. He'll go one on one, ball fake a step back, man gets into him. Donovan fires the three and hits. 18 15. Every possession is a tussle. And if anyone thought the Jazz crowd was crazy about Royce's early play, they were about to need earplugs after Boyan Bogdanovich came to life. Jazz have a slight break here. Donovan directs traffic. Chest to Boyan. Quick release three. Good. Boyan Bogdanovich. Left side Bogdanovich has some three. Will he make up for it? Yes, he will. Boyan's on fire. Bogdanovich is scored for four from three. The Jazz are seven of ten. They lead it 26-23. Ingles at the top. Pick and roll with Gobert. Swings to Bogdanovich. Is he still hot? He is. Five for five for Boyan Bogdanovich in the corner. He's got 15 points. Bogdanovich fired. Oh, Bogey, don't go there like that. Wow, six for six from three. And thrown it out of Hulu. He scored the last 12 for the Jazz. But as the half came to a close, Bogey's hand did cool off a bit. They double Don. He's getting bumped. He throws a bullet pass to Bogdanovich with one on the clock. Fires a tough three. No. Ingles offensive rebound. Back to Bogey. Right corner three. Missed it. And the half comes to a close. Bogey missed his last five threes of the quarter and finished seven of 13 in the half. Jazz by five. 65-60 at the half on the Jazz Radio Network. It was a hard-fought first half, one that left you feeling like the Jazz should have been up by double digits, but weren't, as the Clippers had found an answer for almost every Jazz question. L.A. would find that first-quarter dominance in the early moments of the third quarter again as well. Paul George drives to the rack, sees Gobert, lays it up and in. Paul George is gaining confidence as the night goes on and has 26 points. Clippers in control right now, leading by two but have the momentum on an 11-4 run. Rudy Gobert was the bright spot for the Jazz, pretty much keeping Utah in the game with some key offensive boards and scores. Donovan pounding the right-hand dribble, goes through his legs, loses the dribble, recovers, tries to drive on Morris, denying to his right. He spins back to his left. He scoops to the left hand, misses. Gobert rocks the fastball. First field goal for the Jazz in almost five minutes. Well, and not only that, David, he's able to penetrate and get to the rim. Something the Jazz have not done. If you're relying on that three-point shot, but that's the first opportunity at the rim. Jackson swings it out to Mann. He's unguarded for three, and he hits. He's a 40% three-point shooter. Terrence Mann, and the Clippers by nine. Push ahead to Bogdanovich, who had seven threes in the first half. Works inside, swings through, short with a shot. Rudy taps it up and in again. Back-to-back offensive rebound buckets for Rudy Gobert. 83-76. Clippers bench has been standing, cheering on their guys all night long. Paul George driving, attacking the lane, pushes up a pass, and it's knocked away turnover. George wilted when he saw Rudy for the first time in a while. Bullet to Clarkson, right side, 3 no. Rudy again! Three times in a row! Rudy Gobert with offensive rebound follows. And the Jazz within five, and Tyron Lue wants a timeout. Clippers offense, however, would not quit. And frankly, their defense was just as tough. Clarkson now comes to the right. Step back three over Morris, short. Long re- outlet to Morris, 
to the basket, layup, Clarkson flop, looking for a three-point play. Morris released an easy layup, down eight. This doesn't look like the Jazz at all. Clarkson tries to get it, it's too late to give it to him. He's got it with three, nowhere to go. They double-team him. He works in the lane, he passes to Oni. Shot clock violation on the Jazz. I will go to the rules my mother gave me when I was a child. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. The fourth quarter was all Los Angeles, unfortunately, and that hole that the Jazz are wont to dig from time to time got cavernous. Paul George has 30 points on the night. Reggie Jackson, left corner, fires a three, hits it. Jazz margin of error is not great. George splits the double team, loose with the dribble, passes to Mann. He fakes the pass, doesn't want it. Drives the shot, dunks on Gobert! Terrence Mann just dunked on Rudy Gobert with 2.38 left in the fourth quarter of Game 5 of the Western Conference Semifinals. One heck of a move there by Mann. If he just tries to lay that up, it's blocked. He didn't want the three, but he wanted the dunk. And he makes the free throw, and that could be the play of the night. The Jazz, meanwhile, simply could not beg, plead, bargain, barter, or purchase a three-point shot to go in. Donovan to the front court. They've double-teamed him every time, but this time they don't. He steps back for a three and misses. Donovan surveys the scene, drives with the right hand through traffic, throws it out to Bogdanovich, rotates to Ingles, left corner three, no good. Donovan Mitchell working the right side. They double, top to Bogdanovich, skips to O'Neal, right corner three, missed another. Rebound tapped out. The Jazz still do not have a second-half three-point shot. They are 0 for 12. And there just simply was not enough time on Utah's side Wednesday night. Inbound to Bogdanovich for a three, hits it. Bogdanovich, that'll actually probably be a Jazz franchise record setting three. It was his ninth of the game. But it is empty calories. Clarkson fires up a shot. Still does not have a field goal in the second half. So we're done tonight. 119-111 is your final score. There was no vivid defensive play of the night. And the Clippers with a tremendous win. A dejected Jazz team heads to the locker room and a fan base stunned in their black and yellow take note shirts head home. Oh, man. Sorry about that one, everybody, but uh, that is how it went. That was the story on Wednesday night. Uh, Amanda Smith, your thoughts before we jump out of the phone lines. I think that kind of what I mentioned, you know, before we we went to your your great package. Austin. Thank you. Yeah, great. Um, was we talked about the three-point shooting, yes. Obviously, that was not going to be sustainable, like to go seven make 17 more threes in the second half. Uh, Only hitting three hurts you. And then I also think that the defense wasn't phenomenal. Well, I would say it didn't. There was no defense. Right. I like like what David said there. There was was no (laughs) vivid defensive play of the night. It wasn't. (laughs) It just wasn't up to par Uh for what you need right now. Was it even up to double bogey? (laughs) Because, but like you know, I think that Paul George 
came into this game and did exactly what he needed to do for the Clippers to win. The Jazz, they had to show up. And there's these areas that you look back at, whether it's defense, the turnovers in the first half, the shooting slump in the you know third quarter, they go 0 of 10 from the three-point line. That hurts you. All of these areas start to add up, and you think, <laughs> yeah, they cut it to four in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They cut it to a four-point game. And then game. it was 13 again yes. when you blinked. Uh, and so, you know, there, 10, there can't be like these that. stretches of, I don't know, down downtime when, when you're in such a competitive series. And, and you and I have talked about how both of these teams, the mentality is we're going to win the series. So the Clippers, they come out tonight and they're like, okay, we don't have our star, one of our stars. These are the things we need to do. I don't feel like the Jazz necessarily matched that intensity level. Even looking at some of like the little hustle plays. Yeah. Alex, uh, behind the glass, you produce all the Jazz games. And uh, obviously, I just I just tweeted out the Jazz missed eight free throws. They lost by eight points. In a lot of ways, that stings more than three of 24 from three in the second half. But also, maybe as Amanda pointed out, getting it within four, this seemed like a game the Jazz could have somehow miraculously gotten away with their bad play and still won. It didn't happen that way. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this was one that the I think that the Jazz could have and maybe should have won it, uh, but it was a game where they just flat out got beat. You know, like, I mean, it's it's easy to fall back and say the Jazz beat themselves because they missed their shots, they missed their free throws. But, but I, I really do think that a lot of what came down to, like, you know, the reasoning behind that is because the Clippers beat them. The Clippers came in, they played tough defense, they gave them tough looks, and they rattled the Jazz so that when they did get open looks, they, you know, in the second half, they weren't falling. I mean, they hit just about anything you could ask them to hit in the first half, and they're going into the locker room looking at the scoreboard and saying, we're up five? Yeah, right. Like, are you We scored 65. Oh, they scored 60. Yeah. We hit 17 threes. And we're only up five. And we're only up five. Oh, right. That is a that is a, a a punch to the chops. Yeah, that's the nicest way I could put that. But I think everyone knows what I'm saying. That it's spit on your neck, kick you in the crotch. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right, eight five five three four zero zone. Jordan Kennard, our guy, back on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Real quick, Jordan, are you full of hope or are you uh, hopeless as you uh, call in tonight? I'm depressed, but uh, there's still a little room for hope. <laughs> so not full of hope, but uh, starving in for hope. In the middle. Yeah, okay. I'm gotcha. in the middle. Gotcha. You could go for some hope right now is what I understand. <laughs> all right. Yes. Well, what do you think, buddy? Jazz uh, down 3-2 all of a sudden, lose three games in a row for the first time all year. Uh, <laughs> yeah? This is, a, this is a rough one. Um. There's so many things going through my mind, um, but I got to answer your questions first, right? Uh, so the one I want to answer first about the Paul George one, do you really think the fans hate Paul George first before I answer your question? Uh, like hate, hate, or do you think they boo him? I think it's sports hate. I think there are some lunatics out there that hate, hate, but it's sports hate, and I just I don't even get that, really. I don't. You want to know why, why I think, or at least why sure. I boo yeah. him at the game and stuff? It's because it's worked. I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't work tonight, he, though. Yeah, 
No, it didn't work tonight. It doesn't work every night. The first time he played with Oklahoma, he was playoff P, right? But then the second game at home, he didn't look so good. Every time since, he hadn't looked so good. He doesn't have his best games all the time when he's playing in Utah when we're booing him. We can't get in Kawhi's head. Kawhi is like a robot. Like You can't get into that guy's head to make him mess up. But you can't get into Paul George's head from time to time. So that's why everyone moves at him because that's the best shot of the two superstars to make one go down. Not go down, but not play up to what he can play. Yeah, I got not you. Today, though. You're, you're saying it's mental warfare. It's not personal. I got you. No. And I wish it could be something to actually be angry at him about, but the only thing is that he can sometimes beat us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's been great but, in this series. Well, at least in these last three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that I can see us, you said like the first question. What was your first question about like? Well, I got how nothing. Can there be hope? I don't know what else for the Jazz. What the Jazz? What else the Jazz can do? I don't know what else they can like game plan or scheme into this to change things. I got nothing. So what do you got? Two things that need a change in order for us to even have a chance. One is our bench has got to do something besides Clarkson. Again, I think the only other person who scored was Niang, and that was two points, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying, like, oh, why is everyone missing their shots at the end? It's because our starters are playing so many minutes. And I guess it's not an excuse, but Donovan looked dang tired. He's been, like, carrying our load this whole – carrying the load for the team the whole series. And everyone else looked tired. They were over 29 to 30 minutes – more than 30 minutes, almost all our starters. And literally, besides Clarkson, no one on the bench was playing more than 10, I believe. I could be wrong. No, you're right. But that, that's bad. That's bad when we can't rely on our, our bench to give them a little bit of a spell to actually do something. And then the other thing that we need is I love our coach, but I think he needs to step it up this next game because we noticed the difference with Ty Lue after game one and two that he changed a lot, and it it made a huge difference. I And I'm not a basketball facade. I don't know all – like, I can't, like, say, oh, well, he changed this to this or that. But there's no dramatic change I see in our team. And there needs to be. Because if we keep on doing the same thing and expect a different result, isn't that the definition of insanity? So what do you think needs to change? I have If you no want to see something different, what do you want to see? I have no clue, but he was supposed to be, at least everyone kept on claiming he was the coach of the year. And I haven't seen many, any changes. I see a lot of the same, like, people coming in at certain times and everything like that. I, again, I'm not a basketball facade. I don't know what he should change. I just think there needs to be a dramatic change. It seems like yeah, it seemed like he was even he was even saying it in the pregame. You know, we should maybe change. We should maybe adjust. But we are who we are, and we should maybe not go too extreme. Well, didn't everyone keep on saying the Clippers changed dramatically? Didn't Locke say that they used to play the pick and roll and now they like went away from that because they know it was killing them? And I didn't see anything like that with the Jazz where they made a dramatic change. And especially tonight, it would have been good to maybe at the half or at the th- in middle of the third when he saw we were struggling to make a change. But again, I'm not, I'm not going to be one too criticizing on him on that because again, it's hard to have the answers like what you said. Um, Austin, I, I'm not the one who's like, oh, I have the, uh, the answer for it. But I know he's smart. I know our team 
trust he's a, him. He's a bit of he is a basketball savant, isn't he? Yeah, he he's amazing. I've seen him make changes during the regular season. I just feel like this series, Ty Lue is beating him. And that sucks because I think I personally like Quinn Snyder a lot better than Ty Lue. Yeah, Ty Lue goes to teams that have superstars. And that I, I would I would say what's beating Quinn crazy. Snyder, uh, and not to take away from Ty Lue's strategies, but I think what's beating Quinn Snyder is Mike Conley is actually really important, and Derek Favors and George Niang going over. That's uh, I mean you can't change, you can't make a trade, you can't sign a guy. You only have who you have. And the only difference in the rotations right now is no Mike Conley. He's still playing the same guys. They're just missing shots or not taking shots. And and there was this big upcry, outcry, excuse me, uproar uh to have Rudy Gobert play more minutes. So he played him 42 tonight. Only got 17 points out of Rudy Gobert and uh Rudy needs to be a little stronger down low. There were there was at least two two times in this game tonight where the only person between Rudy Gobert and the basket was Terrence Mann, and it did not it didn't one he went to the free throw line and missed a free throw made one the other it resulted in a turnover when Terrence Mann's the only guy between you and the basket there's only one guy on the Jazz roster that shouldn't go all the way to the hoop on that and that's maybe Trent Forrest and even he I'd say go all the way to the hoop on that so <laughs> there I, I get what you're I get the frustration. Uh, the coaching decisions, uh, the strategies, it looks like the Clippers have adapted and changed while the Jazz haven't. But that's where I come and say, I don't know. I don't. I got nothing because I don't know what the Jazz have at their disposal to change to right now without the services of one Mike Conley. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I will also say, again, because I don't know enough about basketball and strategies and what to do and what not to do, it's unfair of me to be saying that. That's why I put that as last. That's the least. Yeah thing yeah. that needs to change. I love Quinn Snyder. I hope he can figure it out, even with or without Mike Conley, because we can't rely on him. I, I know he's doing the best he can, and sometimes I guess it could also be that the players are not doing what you're asking them to do. Yeah. By the way, isn't it sad that we've been saying, oh, if we only had Mike Conley, only had Mike Conley, but they have lost like their Donovan Mitchell, and the situation they lost, basically their version of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert all in one. And they still won this game pretty handily. Yep, you got to tip your cap at that to to the Clippers. Jordan, you're the man. Uh, let's hopefully uh, hear from you after a game six win on Friday. Hopefully happier. All right, brother. That's Amanda. kind of what I brought up earlier, right? Like, by no means do I want to discredit anything that the Clippers did in this game. They showed up. They did what they needed to. Paul George came out, put up the kind of numbers he needed to. They had other guys scoring. They were kind of all over the place, pressuring the ball, you know, moving in transition. Um, and then it's like, you I don't know, you dive back into those numbers you were talking about, Austin, right? The free throws, the turnovers. Uh, I even think of, like, those little hustle plays where there's a couple times where we think, like, ah, just, what? Go. Go get the ball. <laughs> there were there were a bunch of those you where know? it looked like the Jazz were uh, playing one-footed. And didn't extend for a lot of things. I yeah. do like that he brought up the bench, though, because you look at Clarkson, he played 29 minutes, and then George and Yang played nine. From there, you had Favors, who played six, and then Mieoni, who played four. Yep. This is a, a jazz, This is a depth. This is a deep jazz team that is playing very shallow this series. And I, it, the only thing I can point to that's changed is Donovan Mitchell's Playing hurt, obviously. Uh, Jordan Clarkson 
admitted before the All-Star break that he's hurt on his shooting wrist. That And it was an injury that wasn't going to change. Uh, and then, of course, Mike Conley's not playing. So I, the only thing that you can look at is go, well, when you don't have your starting point guard and your runner-up for six-man of the year has to be the starting point guard in Joe Ingles, the whole the whole uh, roster really does change at that moment. Definitely. So. I also want to say that Mike Conley's hurt, and if he could play, he obviously would. We heard him talk earlier uh, today, but it's like, by no means, if he's injured, should he play? Yeah, and then you get into the semantic argument, if he's hurt, he should play. It's the playoffs. If he's injured, he shouldn't play. Oh, my gosh. Right? Because you play hurt. Donovan's playing hurt. But where's the... Right? Mike Conley's there's, injured. There's... Yes. <laughs> I love that. that period. I'm yeah. Not, it's cool. Yeah, it, I've got it, nothing else to say I like. I like to look at it that way because uh, you saw, if you didn't see or, or didn't hear, go to 1280thezone.com, Conley's quote-unquote shoot-around availability today. The man's heartbroken and pissed that he can't play right now. Did anyone expect anything less? Like, you think that it's fun sitting on the bench watching your team struggle when you're an intricate part of that? I do it every day on the big show. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I had to. Man, you're funny at 1 (laughs) a.m. 855-340-ZONE. The phone lines are banked. Jazz fans are passionate. And our guy, Robin, calls every night and Good to hear from you again, Robin. Uh, sorry it's not under better circumstances, but uh, glad you're here. No, no. Thanks, you guys, for taking my call. Of course. Hey, hey Jordan, don't don't sell yourself short, man. This guy brings up every point that needs to be brought up. He, he's got a great basketball IQ. Um, I do agree that Ty Lue's adjustments at halftime are, are better than Quinn's. Since we have what we have, and we're probably not getting Conley back, and we – here, here's a lineup that we played in the fourth quarter of game four for like three minutes. We, we had Donovan a point. We had Jordan Clarkson. We had Ingles, Boyan, and Rudy. It's like our best offenses. You're missing Royce out there, but maybe we need to just try to outscore them. Um, I don't know who would guard a uh, playoff P at that point. Maybe Boyan, but it is time to try something because uh, they do look fatigued out there. That's where that's where your free throws come in, missing. Um, the only thing, man, talking about being hurt, you know, it's hurt as my feelings are hurt. I'm heartbroken too. <laughs> I really thought we were going to win tonight, and I still I'm still holding out hope. Uh, these guys are we're kind of celebrating like they won the series tonight, and hopefully they think that. So hopefully we can regain our composure, go to L.A., punch him in the mouth, and uh, we'll be back here on Father's Day. Everybody working on Father's Day. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that, you guys. But thanks for taking my call, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again. Thanks Thank for you, Robin. calling. Thanks, you. Thank, thanks, you. Thanks, you, Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to work Father's Day if it's for a Game 7. I will not work Father's Day for any other reason. Okay. The good news is if I'm working this Father's Day, it's likely because <laughs> there's a game seven. Or, no, nah, I won't even mention it. Yeah. Other 
media availability that might take place that day. We'll see. Don't do it. 855-340-ZONE. Blair, who stopped by the studios earlier tonight. What? And I had the opportunity to donate $10 to the Black History Museum of Utah and get my jazz, anti-jazz, or excuse me, anti-racist jazz stickers from Blair. Uh, Check him out on Twitter, anti-racist jazz. Blair, this one didn't go the way we thought it was going to go, did it? No, it didn't go the way we thought it would go. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, you caught me mid-nutter butter here. I'm drowning my sorrows Ooh. in some milk and double-stuffed nutter butters. Wait, 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 wait. They have double-stuffed nutter butters? Where have I been? They do. They have two times the smooth peanut butter cream. <laughs> Whoa, marketing. Yeah, Nabisco yeah. spokesperson here. <laughs> Blair Hodges. <laughs> product, product placement, yeah. Well, I have a story that I want to tell everybody tonight. You got a minute for a story? We got all the time in the world, bud. Well, not really. We have five hours before DJ and PK kick (laughs) it out. Yeah, okay. Well, sit back, pull up a glass of milk, and here it goes. Back in 2017, I was at game six. We were playing the Clippers, and I was certain we were going to win that game. It did not well, after the game, I went outside and I stood out where the players come. You know how they drive out um, in the parking lot there. <clears throat> and there was like three or four of us there. Usually there's a pretty good crowd, but I think everybody wanted to go home. Well, anyway, I stood there and a car, one car stopped and it was Rudy. And he signed my jersey. I was wearing a Gobert jersey. And I said, good luck in game seven, Rudy. And he looked me in the eyes and he just nodded his head. He drove off. And I have to be honest, I didn't think that they'd go down to L.A. and win that series. I, I, I think most Jazz fans thought it was over. But they went down to L.A. and they, they beat them on the road in Game 7. Now, the reason I tell that story isn't because I think the Jazz are going to win the series. I don't know if they will or if they won't. But I do want to believe for at least another day. And I believed for another day when Rudy drove away that night. And I believe another day tonight. That's what being a Jazz fan's about. And you know what? It hurts when it doesn't work out. I've been hurt a lot. <laughs> I take it a little too seriously. Maybe there's people listening tonight that feel like that too. But if there wasn't a possibility of losing, the game wouldn't be fun to watch anyway. Hmm. The fact that we can lose is what makes it worth watching to begin with. We have to take the wins and the losses that way. And I, and I hope that we go down there and win that game. Maybe we will. I'm going to believe for another day. I love that so much. I, and I so appreciate you sharing that story. All right, yeah, that was a, that yeah. was, I rem, and I'll be honest with you, I won't name names, but everybody in the studios on that Sunday afternoon for that game in L.A., except one guy, and it's this guy with two thumbs, <laughs> thought the Jazz were going to lose that one. And I, I said yeah. to someone whose name might rhyme with Hatrick Hinahan that day, slow your roll, bro. <laughs> you got to win four. Oh, my gosh. And uh, look, lo and behold, uh, you know, the Jazz won four that day. That's what Austin and I have kind of been talking about, right, though? It just circles back to, like, you're in the second round of a win-or-go-home series. Both of these teams believe they're going to win. Yep. You don't have time to feel sorry for yourself and to be like, oh, my gosh, we should have done this better. Like, no. Now you go to L.A., make some adjustments, and we'll see what happens. And if you can't make That's adjustments, right. then make shots. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, adjustments <laughs> in the sense that, like, you got to take care of the ball, maybe, like, focus, Sometimes. Focus a little bit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you got to take care of the ball some of the time. <laughs> yeah, some of the time, you know, just, like, a, a few more times. But, just give me a few more times. But, Blair, it's certainly not over. Uh, Brett just no. texted, tweeted in and said, it's over. It's actually not because the NBA rules state you no. have to win four games. You do games. have to win four. That is a rule. And, and if the Jazz win another one, then the NBA rules also state that there will be a seventh game in this building. So That's that'll right. be fun. Blair, you're, you are the best. Uh, make sure you follow Blair, anti-racist jazz, on Twitter and uh, – Check out what he's got going on. It's an yeah. important movement. So. I need one of those stickers. All right. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you got to get them. Okay, we'll Be talk well. to you later. Talk to you soon. Thanks for calling. 855-340-ZONE. Let's get back out to the patiently waiting fans. Uh, Gary from West Jordan is on. Is this the Gary from the West Jordan or a different Gary from another West Jordan? No, this is Gary that used to work at the Small Home Arena. Yeah, I've missed you, pal. How are you? Hi. Uh, oh, I'm all right. Good. Nice to meet you, Amanda. Hi, nice to nice to meet you over the phone. So, what are you feeling <laughs> yeah. tonight? Other other than sad about the loss, do you have any hope left, Gary? Um, I I'm hopeful. Because when we went down over the weekend, we lost both games, and we should have won tonight. Now, now Staples going to have is going to have all the fans cheering for the Clippers to win, beat the Jazz on Friday. So I don't have no hope right now. Uh oh, you got to have some hope because they could. They, uh, you know, I hope they you only have back. to. I hope they can win. You only have to win by one point. That's all. You know, another thing that's hurting the Jets, we don't have Mike Conley. And Mitchell's struggling right yeah, now because yeah. he's hurt. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how much more you can get from Donovan Mitchell right now, frankly. Yeah. Uh, he scored 21 on 19 shots. And the way he is laboring, you kind of think that's a win that he's still playing and still scoring 20-plus. But but you see the 21. I, 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 no, sorry. Go ahead, Gary. I, Another thing they need to work on is turnovers. Too many turnovers. They need to make free throws and baskets and don't miss layups. Don't don't let the other team shoot three pointers. That's what hurt us tonight. That's what Austin ahead. and I have been saying. So you're just yeah. you're making us sound good. <laughs> no, I think like when you see the twenty one points from Donovan, that's like oh, okay, he scored twenty one. But I do want to say, like, 11 of those came in the fourth quarter, right? So they ended up cutting it to, once again, a four-point game. And then, like Austin mentioned, it was, boom, right back up to a Clippers lead. And I I just look at his 21 points, and I think you had 11 in the fourth quarter and 10 in one through three. He didn't seem as aggressive to me tonight as he has throughout this series. I hope the Jazz can win Friday because I'm planning to come down to the arena on Sunday. Well, good. Watch game oh, game yeah. Seven, I hope. I'm planning to be here to work it. Listen, so uh, we'll see yeah. you here, buddy. You've got to have some hope. I've got to throw this in there because I have a big update. Guess what? I started watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> and to quote <laughs> Coach Lasso himself, he said, you know what the happiest animal in the world is? It's a goldfish. <laughs> it's got a 10-second memory. <laughs> That's We're the quote uh, Quinn Snyder used in his press conference the other night. Yeah. Great minds think alike.
Uh, by the way, the Jazz actually got down to three in the fourth quarter. Three. Donovan Mitchell uh, and one got it at 197. Even better. So, uh, but then from from that point on, they were outscored 19 to what is that? 14. So. I am not going to try to do the quick math again. You tried to make me do this last time, and but this time boom. I'm just going to be quiet. But from the 546 <laughs> mark in the fourth, where it was 197, to the 239 mark, so two and a half minutes, they were down seven again. So listen, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to be a goldfish. Okay, ten second memory. Moving on. That would be would that would maybe be the last animal I'd ever pick to be. Really, a goldfish. I'm you live what nineteen days and swim in your own swim in your own poop and don't remember anything. Do they only live nineteen days? No, I, well, people usually forget. I kind of want to get one. People usually get you get them at the fair and then you <laughs> lose you'd fall out of love with them. And I kind of want to get one, them. but like, man, that's a heartbreak I can't <laughs> handle. Like, I love animals so much. Eight five five three four zero zone. Gary, thanks for calling in. Let's get back out to the phone lines and talk to Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. Steve? Steve! All right. Bye, Steve. 855-340-ZONE. Kyle, you're up next on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Kyle, are you there? I am very much here. Thank you for taking my call. Well done, Kyle. Kyle. Thanks for calling in. So I get the pleasure of listening to the games on the radio because I drive for a living. Okay. And uh, I feel like I have an interest or a different perspective because I enjoy watching the Jazz. Um, they don't happen to be my team in the NBA. But one of the reasons that I thought they were going to win this series is because they are such a good team versus, say, my Lakers, where you just have two or three players and all of these guys getting together to win championships. And uh, I didn't realize until I was listening to the game that Jackson, Morris, and Beverly all at one point in time were the leading scorers for the entire season for the teams that they played on, which they which was all within the last three years. And sounds like to me, just listening to everything, the Clippers are just playing very well as a team right now. And um, the Jazz seem, I don't know who you guys' take, they seem very timid. It just seems like the confidence is just really down. And one of my thoughts is before the season starts, if you talk to the Jazz, you tell them the situation they're in, you basically have two All-Stars, one playing at 30% ability and one completely out. But you've got a chance to win two games to go to the Western Conference Finals. And I think the Jazz would sign up for that. And so I hope when they come out, I hope they just play like they have nothing to lose because at this point they don't. That's right. That's well said. And and I like what you said about the team because a couple times ago Amanda and I were doing the show together and we got into a, a, a disagreement where Amanda said the Clippers are a good team and I disagreed and said I think they have good players but they're not a good team. They were down 2-0 at the time and Amanda, you were right. As Kyle is saying, the Clippers proved they are a good team. Yeah, They've won three in a row because they came together as a team. It's not just one of them scoring. It's a collective effort, and you see that with a superstar like Kawhi Leonard not even playing in tonight's game. Yeah, it, they, they've really come together. Uh, I'm not surprised by that, though. 
I am. I'm shocked. And I should have listened to you, and I apologize. So, so let, me, let, me ask, let, me ask you, let me ask you guys a question. If, no. Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> basically, the Jazz have nothing to lose at this point. Do you? It's my opinion, and I've partially torn my hamstring. And Ooh. so doing that, um, I can kind of relate to what's going on with these guys. You, you feel like you're okay because when you walk, you feel nothing. And then all of a sudden, when you do that quick acceleration, that's when the pull and the tug happen. I'm wondering, and I'd like to hear what you guys think, being that the Jazz really have nothing to lose, if they'll just put him in and just let him play the next game, you know, the only thing, hamstring, it's a soft tissue injury. It's not a bone or something like that. He is going to heal. It's just going to take, I remember mine, I would say, took at least a good six weeks before I could pop and do a really good sprint again. Hmm. So what do you guys think about them just putting him in this last, this next game, even if he's only 60, 70%, just throwing kind of caution to the wind, knowing he's not going to injure himself long-term. I get, I hear what you're saying. Uh, he is a free agent this coming off season. He wants to play for the jazz. He wants to re-sign with the jazz. He wants to play in game six for the jazz. But the, the problem with a hamstring is, while you say the, that you can't injure it further, he could injure it further to a point where he'll need surgery and it could be eight to nine months recovery. Uh, you said it was a part, you had a partially torn hamstring and it, and it yep. healed within six weeks. It took at least six weeks before I could full on sprint. Gotcha. And then before that I would hide it through jogging and stuff like that. And so see, I, he's been, it's been 14 going on 15 days now with a mild injury that he tweaked between games two and three, as he said today, and that the way he tweaked it was like you were describing, Kyle, one of those fast twitch movements, and it tweaked it again. And so you kind of don't want to risk snapping it, right, Amanda? Well, and can we talk about the physicality of an NBA basketball game where you want to come out there with some sort of injury, as you were saying, Austin, I'll use that word, some sort of injury. Let's say your hamstring, you're 70%. Why? If you feel like you can't play, I'm sticking with this. If you feel like you can't play, if you feel like you can't run, if you feel like you can't handle the physicality of the game and you would be doing more harm than good, I don't think that you should play. Yeah. Uh, so, to Amanda, to that point, so what about uh, you know our superstar? That's one of the things that I've been thinking is we, we keep playing – you know, our number one guy, obviously, you, you can tell throughout the game, he's constantly going to his ankle. He doesn't have the explosion that he has. Wouldn't we be better off to get 100% of somebody, no matter who it is, than our best player at 30 40% max? But he's not... Like, I don't want to jinx anything. Man, I'm superstitious. Knocking on wood right now. He didn't, like, tear something. Or sprain something and is incapable of being in the game. If Mike Conley could be in the game, especially after the last two games that the Jazz had, he would be in the game. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And Kyle, great thoughts. Uh, no, thanks totally. for the call and good points. And you've had a worse hamstring than I have, so you probably know more about it than I do. But I, I see it as this, Amanda. I see a pain tolerance thing with Donovan 
where he can't damage it more than it's already damaged, and I see a soft tissue issue, that rhymes, <laughs> with uh, Mike Conley where his muscle will not do what he needs it to do because it gets stretched too far. And so that, that, that hamstring tendon can only go so far, and then it's like, nah, you can't do that anymore, Mike. Whereas Donovan, he can push through that pain and still play on it, and there's a big difference there. Definitely. And I also think that it's easy to forget, you know, when you're watching a game and, you know, you just you kind of see everybody moving, right? But, like, the physicality of these games are the best athletes in the world uh and and so let's say you're playing in the game and you're injured if you are injured you're like compensate you're overcompensating on something else yeah yeah well said. and so you're putting more pressure on another part of your body and i think that's how a lot of more severe injuries happen yep. it's because you push and you push and you push the body and it's saying no i need time i need a minute and you're overcompensating and then uh, knocking on wood. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you've got the idea that, well, what if Conley pushes it back and does play in game six? Maybe he survives game six without, you know, maybe gets through the whole game. The Jazz win. Then you find out on the flight back to Salt Lake that, oh, he's going to be gone for two more weeks. Then even if the Jazz win game seven without Mike Conley, you're missing him for the entirety of the Western Conference Finals. And then he won't, even if the Jazz somehow get past the Suns, you're starting the NBA Finals with a brand new to the floor, Mike Conley again. As much as you want Mike Conley right now, I'm sure his teammates want him in as well. Do you want him in and to potentially injure himself where, like you said, Austin, he's <laughs> out for, I don't know what, nine months? Or, oh, God. Yeah. or, as much as it may suck, do we just have to be a little patient? Yeah, and like he said today, it takes time for that injury to heal and the time Which they don't annoying. have. Which is annoying. Like, yeah. that's annoying. You yeah. think that he's happy that he has this injury that just won't heal up? It's really no. bad timing. It's why that night that the Jazz eliminated the Grizzlies was extremely bittersweet. Because yeah. it was like... Yay, the Jazz are moving on to the second round without Mike Conley. Right. Not good. But I was told, I was told that he was 80-20 after game two, and they were anticipating him being 90-10 going into game three. That's why he flew with the team. We found out today why he didn't play, because between game two and three, he tweaked it. And they tested it when they got to L.A. and went, no, nah, you got to sit another few days. And uh, Not even sucks. in a game, he tweaked it. Yeah. Just trying to go through some warm-ups. Right. Yeah. 855-340-ZONE. Bronco, next on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Welcome back to the show, Bronco. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you in. for hey. having me. You're welcome. I, uh, even if we bring uh, Conley back, I think uh, we should give him limited minutes, first of all, just just so he does have that time to uh, to become better. Um, kind of disappointed in tonight, but, you know, uh, I think uh, the major things we need to do is uh, 
come together as a team, start playing as a team, um, start with the basics. I mean, from three free throws to rebounds to better defense to uh, maybe feeding the post when our threes aren't going in. Just uh, just a lot of things to think about. Thanks for the but call. I don't, know, I don't know what you're thinking about on any of those, but I think uh, I think uh, when uh, I was playing basketball, uh, when the threes didn't go in, feeding the post was the ideal answer to um, – solving that problem and I don't think uh, Clippers really have anyone who can guard the post so yeah. better po- better passes in the post and I think we should come out on top in game six thanks for the call Bronco good points because uh, in that third quarter the thing that kept the Jazz in it was Rudy Gobert's offensive rebounds yes. and putbacks but that wasn't running the offense through Gobert right and that's a great point point. I don't know God. I would love to see Gobert do better on that, but I'm I'm telling you, there's something there's something weird about the spacing in this series, but especially in the key for Rudy Gobert because there's guys that are smaller and more diminutive than him getting in an angle where the Jazz either can't or won't try to get the ball to Rudy in the post, and when he does get it, he's caught off guard and doesn't power up and go and, and dunk it, and it, it's weird. I love that you brought that up because spacing and angles, the angle of which you're making a pass, the angle of which you're driving, whatever it is, angles are so important in the game of basketball. Uh, And so you see when that is off, what happens? It's struggle. Yeah. And usually a turnover. Yeah. (sighs) It's sad. Just take a deep breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. Everybody. I was talking to you, but everybody take a breath. Thanks for the call, Bronco. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for calling. I'll breathe when I'm dead, Amanda. (laughs) Wait a second. 855-340-ZONE. Jazz playoff overtime. I'm Austin Horton here with Amanda Smith. We've got Alex Lundberg behind the glass tingering calls as well. We haven't checked in with Alex in a minute, so Steve, hold on tight. Alex, is there anything on your mind that we haven't touched on yet as as you look forward to game six – do you think there's something there that the Jazz are just missing, or is it simply they're just missing shots? You know, that's a really good question. Um, well, thank you. I, <laughs> I wrote it just now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one that, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it could be as well, simple what, as what they're just— What good are you then? I, no, just I, I don't know. <laughs> but, okay, here, I'll ask you this, Alex. Do you think it's just missing shots, or do you also see some issues with their defense right now? Oh, there's obviously issues with the defense, Um, you know, and Rudy's kind of addressed that where he's talked about, you know, missing the shots does affect their defense because, you know, they're allowing the Clippers to get a rebound and take it in transition. It's hard for them to get back. Uh, So, like, those two sides of the ball are both playing off of each other. Uh, Their struggles are kind of all over the place, and I I think that we're we're just seeing, in some cases – you know, I, I think a lot of this is a mental struggle for the Jazz. Um, we're seeing players get frustrated easily and early, and they're not really able to to bounce back the way that you would hope for them to, and it, it affects every aspect of the game. Agreed. And it's, it's like I said, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what else they can do. I really don't. Not as currently constituted. No, I mean, I'm not surprised... 
I just want to like reiterate, I'm not surprised once again by the numbers that the Clippers have put up. I said that a few a few games ago, so you can quote me on that. Like, you did. <laughs> I'm not receipts. I, I got the receipts. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. But like what has not, to happen. I'm, by the way, I'm not young enough to say that phrase. Why? I don't know. It's a no, young person phrase. I can say that. You hippies. You can say that. And your receipts. Oh my gosh. Speaking of a young person who has receipts. Oh, sorry. I thought, where, do you have more to that? Oh, no. I mean, like, I was just going to say. More self-bragging to do here. No, I wasn't going (laughs) to. I was just saying. Okay. (laughs) Let me circle back here. Let me gather myself. Sorry. I was just going to say that I got the receipts. (laughs) But, you know, like, this is what you can expect from the Clippers. They're a good team. So you have to match that intensity. There's really not a lot of downtime in the playoffs specifically to, like, go on these extended you know, runs of struggle. You really can't do that. Runs of struggle. I don't know. I just came up with that. Your next ska band name, Runs of runs Struggle. Runs of Struggle. No, ska band is not a hardcore metal oh. thing. It's, okay. That it, have, like, Scott they, defines who I am as a person, and I will never turn my back on ska. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like trumpets and stuff in ska. And, yeah. I'm not cool. Let Thanks for uh, coming out. Ska's we're, not cool either. We're, we're, we're Runs of Struggle. And now here's a trombone solo. Yeah. So. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. I'm told that the great, my former co-host of the Saturday show, the great uh, jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, Andy Larson, is with us. Is that accurate? Andy. That, that's, that's true. Wow. I was Hi, listening Andy. to you guys on my way home and, you know, wanted to say my say my piece. I don't want to take too much time from the, the jazz fans out there, but, like, <laughs> I thought that this was the most frustrating jazz game in a long time and, and wanted to talk about it. So well, Yeah, tell here us. We are. Tell I us. think a lot of people Sh- feel the same way. Share your frustrations with Jazz Nation tonight, Andy. By the way, before you do that, I'm going to do this so you don't have to. The Trib is running an extremely affordable, <laughs> economical jazz playoff series special right now. A dollar a week for the next year. A steal. Right, Andy? Did I, did I do that right? Yeah, you got it all right. Well all right. done. I'll, in, um, I'll invoice you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, but, no, look, but really, go ahead. I mean, I, I thought it was notable. You know, I was I was frustrated with how the Jazz were playing in that first half, even when they were making those kind of shots that, you know, allow them to have the lead that they did. But, you know, I, I think at some level, like, we kind of have to be a little bit concerned about how where the team is mentally again. I mean, like it, it, this is a game five, and I understand that Kawhi Leonard's out, and I understand that everyone's saying, "Oh, you're a walkthrough to not, if not the Western Conference Finals, maybe the NBA Finals, even with with Kawhi Leonard and, and Chris Paul's COVID issues." And yet, you can't come out of the game, you know, uh, as looking as as sloppy as they did. Um, they weren't going after loose balls. They they weren't closing out on three point shooters. Um, and, and that's why the Clippers were able to be so offensively successful in that first half, and then. You know, once the shot stopped falling, uh, once they took away Bojan Bogdanovic's open looks and kind of stayed with him, connected with him, then the, the Jazz didn't have a lot of offensive answers either. You know, it was a lot of kind of Donovan Mitchell trying to do his best, and we've certainly seen that he can score uh, really efficiently in, in the first four games, but it wasn't falling for him tonight. So, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, again, frustrated with that it, it took so long to see 
the best of the Jazz, and, you know, I'm not sure that we did do the best of the Jazz given the circumstances. I mean, it would have been hugely important, hugely good for them to win this game and maybe the series in six games, uh, again, given the Chris Paul issues. And instead, they they messed around a little bit and, you know, ended up losing in a close game, which, which we kind of knew could happen. Yeah. Let me ask you from uh, where you watched this game, uh, Andy, and as you observed it, the third quarter, Don, or, uh, excuse me, Boyan Bogdanovich is on fire in the second. He finishes the, the second quarter like 0 for 5. Uh, his missing his last five shots, I think, of the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And then in the third quarter, at least from what, from my opinion, he, did, he was not allowed a catch-and-shoot opportunity that I recall, and we all know he struggles with creating a shot. Uh, is that accurate from, uh, from how you observed it, or did Bogey simply disappear? Yeah, no, look, he had five shots in the second half. And, and to me, given that he was the Jazz's most uh, important offensive threat with, you know, kind of how uh, Donovan is, is limpy right now, and I understand that things are tough for him, but, like, right now, Donovan can't really get into the paint. And, and Boyan Bogdanovich isn't great at that either and yet can use his size a little bit to kind of bully guys down, especially when they're playing both Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly or maybe Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann, you know, some of the, the smaller guys. So to me, I, I think even if the Clippers adjust how they're playing with Donovich, I would have liked to see the Jazz kind of throw some more possessions him, his way. You know, one of the callers said, hey, look, you know, if the three's not going down, you need to get into the post. The Jazz only have one post player, and it's going on Bogdanovich. And, you know, I think kind of exploring whether or not they can do that makes some sense given, you know, the kind of the other op- option for them offensively felt like, you know, a lot of pull-up tough shots from Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. Just to make sure we clarify, you, the Jazz have one post player and it's Bojan Bogdanovic? Look, in terms of post-up guy, like, you and I and, and Amanda, we, we all know that Rudy Gobert is not a post-up player, yeah. you know? He's yeah. not a guy that can put his back to the basket and score. And so, you know, Derek Favors hasn't shown that for a number of years, and, you know, I don't think you want him in the game really and, and on defensively either. So that means it's bogey, and, yeah. and bogey showed in the regular season he can score in the post. Yeah, but he's he's the only one. Yeah. So uh, as you sit here tonight, Andy, uh, it sounds like you are on the same page as pretty much everyone that game six is a possibility but not a likelihood for the Utah Jazz. Is that how you feel? You need me to give you some hope. You need me to get some more Ted Lasso quotes. No. No, I mean, it would it would not shock me at all to see. It would not shock me at all to see the Jazz roll into L.A. on Friday and get it done. You know, I, I think, you know, if, if Paul George is a little shoots a little bit less well, obviously Reggie Jackson made some really tough shots. Marcus Morris played really well. You know, it, it could go the Jazz's way, and I think, you might even say, again, the Jazz have more talent. I think they, they can pull it out. But, you know, it's, and maybe finally being in an elimination game gives them the uh, urgency that they lacked at the beginning of this one. But, you know, I, I don't think it's a sure thing. I think it would be reasonable if Vegas favored the Clippers. And then, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I You know, it's, it's without Donovan Mitchell and, and a healthy Mike Conlon, um, you know, I, I, a healthy Donovan Mitchell, I should say, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be tough for the Jazz kind of no matter what. Yeah, probably so. Hey, you're re- you're really kind and, and nice to call in. We appreciate the, the insights. And once again, SLTrib.com or Andy, you've got a post on Twitter uh, with a direct link. $1 for the next 52 weeks. 
You're for so your good subscription at the plug. to the Salt Lake Tribune. And I love, we had Walden on the big show uh, early, uh, well, I guess it was yesterday now. Uh, <laughs> and he made a really good point. Good journalism is not free, it's not. But $1 a, a week for the next year. Uh, that's free. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, make sure you get uh, get on sltrib.com and uh, subscribe and get the, the great jazz coverage like uh, the people like Andy and uh, Eric and all the others that uh, give you. Yeah, and, and thanks for thanks for the promo. And, and again, I, I your checks in the bail, no, but well, you guys do a great <laughs> job with this show too. And like I've been listening and, and you know, um, yeah, thank you for, for letting me have my peace. I guess. <laughs> Do you Thanks, fi- yeah. Andy. You need, a, you need a space, and uh, this, this is, is the space, it. other than uh, the trip. And by the way, at one thirty in the morning, it's not much of a plug. But I'm happy to do it. So. That's why All you right. post it online. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Be well. We'll talk Thanks. to you soon. Thanks, Andy. See ya. <laughs> uh, 855-340-ZONE. We still have Steve and Aaron. Let's go to Steve first. Steve's been waiting uh, patiently. Uh, we lost him earlier. I'm glad you called back, Steve. How are you? Yay. Oh, yeah. Can you, I guess you can hear me. I guess it must have been a glitch or something. I was making a statement, and the next thing I knew, uh, <laughs> you were talking to someone else. But, uh, <laughs> Did you think we just didn't like what you were saying? We are like, all right, that's enough oh, of you. Hang up. <laughs> Hang up right now. <laughs> We've got you now, though, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. thanks for right, calling uh, back. Well, you know, I just want to, you know, um, just talk people off the ledge. I mean, I know it was a disappointing loss, but, uh, you know, we've got a compromised uh, Donovan. We we don't have Mike. Uh, and I know everybody uh, felt like with Kawhi out, uh, we had a great, a better chance uh but it didn't work out that way, and uh, for whatever reason. But we, it's not over. Like the, the saying goes, it's not over till it's over. And uh, we could go in uh, L.A., and I know we got stopped on the last two times down there, but it's a whole new game. And uh, I was listening to Charles Barkley after the game, and he was, he was saying, you know, now the pressure's switched to the Clippers because, uh, you know, uh, the, the Jazz uh, had pressure tonight, but it'll be kind of off them now. And then the pressure will be back on the Clippers uh, back home and with their big crowd. But they'll uh, they'll definitely don't want to come back to Salt Lake, and so they'll be they'll be built some pressure on them to to close it out there. And uh, you never know, you know, Reggie Jackson and Morris uh, they're a little streaky. I mean, they could have an off night. Uh, the Jazz do need to play better, uh, but uh, no, the coaching staff will get them prepared, and I doubt we'll have Conley, but I doubt Kawhi will be ready for uh, uh, for Game Six. So uh, there's still a, there's still a possibility. So uh, if we can get that game, whether it's by one point or ten points, uh, and bring it back to Salt Lake, uh, it could be a whole different scenario, especially if you know Conley's ready to keep, come back on uh, Sunday. So. All hope's not lost. Uh, it's been a great season regardless, uh, and uh, we've made progress. And as far as, like, uh, the hate on Paul George, et cetera, I mean, uh, you know, people probably didn't like his playoff Pete pronouncements and et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes down, the push comes to shove. I mean, uh, if we could have Paul George or Dylan Brooks or all the other, I'd say even Russell Westbrook, if they were on our team, and they were a Utah jazz person. Uh, I think we'd have different. We'd embrace them. So it's like uh, it's, they're always, uh, you know, the, when they're on the other team, you know, you're going to find reasons to dislike them. But if they if they put on a jazz uniform, I think people would feel differently. 
Great yeah, socks. Because all of mm. a sudden they're giving your opponent buckets instead of giving you buckets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, may I be so forward as to ask what you do for a living? I am retired. Ah, nice. It sounds like you're happily retired because you have a calm presence about you. Yeah, I feel I like very happy. You're level-headed. What did you do in your working days? Oh, I worked uh, worked at Harbin's grocery store for like 38 years, and I retired about uh, five, six years ago. That wow, is incredible. I love that place. Uh, I thought oh, maybe yeah. you were going to tell me you were a, a sniper with how steady you are. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I try to be fairly steady and even-keeled, but regardless, so uh, in retirement, uh, I've been pretty calming. Uh, you know, no worrying about uh, uh, getting up getting up and setting the alarm clock and all that other stuff. Uh, so uh, uh, when it comes time and you, you know, it's 25, 35 years for you guys, uh, I'm sure you'll embrace uh, retirement. Well, thanks for calling in and staying up late with us and uh, great thoughts. Hopefully we hear from you again. Thank you, Steve. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to Jazz. Hopefully uh, we can bring it back to Salt Lake on uh, Father's Day. Yep, we will see. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for calling. 855-340-ZONE. Amanda, I hope to have like 1% of the level-headedness that Steve just displayed. I know. I just like feel better. Like You ever just like listen to someone talk and then you're just... Yeah, listening you to Steve, feel better. and I was like, yeah, hey, he's making some good points. <laughs> and then I accidentally clicked away from the window. I was wanting to look at my computer, and in my head I'm like, you're dying to your right <laughs> And Steve's just still calm. I'm like, I should probably get a hacky sack oh, or something. I, I need to calm it. I love it. it. Steady. 855-340-ZONE. Yeah. Aaron is next up. Amanda. Aaron, hey, welcome Aaron. to Jazz Play for Overtime. Hey, Austin. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for staying up. Of course, yeah. Hey, thanks. Thank um, you for staying here. Thanks up. to my wife for letting me do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's in bed. So. <laughs> thanks to my pets <laughs> for not missing me too much. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. <laughs> yeah, she's used to it. I always say I'll DVR it, but it never happens. Yep, yep. I'm with you. All right, Aaron, what do you think of the game five there? So I called in the first round. Sure kind of wanting the Clippers and talked a little bit about that psychology of what was going on in that first round. And you kindly told me to call back. So um, my my worst part of the day wasn't the Jazz losing. It was having to agree with LeBron James okay. for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you saw his tweet about how he saw all this coming and the injuries coming. And If only we would have listened to him, yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. But but it's true because we, we're we kind of operating under this old paradigm of the Stockton and Malone era. And I'm a huge jazz fan. I went to those playoff games. but um, And I remember the games where, like, Pippen was hurt and Malone was playing with ankle and Jordan always had banged up things. And we have, like, some nobility about playing through injuries. But, you know, look at what happens. And how much longer could their careers have gone or how much better, you know, would a John Stockton have been in the playoffs if they had rested and things like that. And so this was predictable. We even knew probably to the day that Kawhi was going to get injured because he hadn't played more than nine games in a row um, during the regular season for probably because he was dealing with nagging injuries. And it was, he played seven games and then four games and then he got injured. And so, it's not just that Donovan and Mike can 
people like Kawhi and James Harden and everybody are playing with injuries that just can't be re-aggravated. It's that it can compound the injuries. I work with um, athletes and regular people with the mind-body stuff. Uh, won't go into detail with that. But I guarantee that Donovan is going to start favoring his right ankle. That's his, his dominant leg. And the worst-case scenario isn't that it might get a little bit worse. It's that he could overuse his left leg um, and do an ACL just like Durant did or um, um, yeah what do you guys think about that and I know Amanda addressed that a little bit no I hear what you're saying because that's kind of what I mentioned earlier right when when something hurts you start overcompensating on something else to push through that yeah didn't we just kind of watch this with Anthony Davis yeah Yep. Didn't Absolutely. we just watch yeah. what happens when you yeah. push yourself a little too much? Yep. Yeah. We saw that. Yeah. And Durant did it. He had a hamstring. He came back too soon and he blew out his ACL for a year. Um, Kawhi is probably out for a year if it's serious. And so we don't want to see that with Donovan or Mike. I, I call it a win if <laughs> our players don't get a season injury um, in the injury this year personally especially now um, because but, this is like the yeah, end of the now. year yeah I, I mean i want them to win as much as anybody but you know i i'd rather see them get healthy and prepare for next year and donovan and mike have both said it's going to take all summer to start to really get to where they need to be like what's what's really the point even though we all want to win you know we're, we're kind of to a more enlightened view where we understand like the less um, rest players get. It, it's basically like driving drunk and your body starts to collapse. And that's what we're seeing with Donovan. He's a leader of the team. And so we wonder, you know, why is the team playing scared? Why is the team playing, you know, passive? It's because Donovan's never had an injury like this. It's really scary and draining on the body to start to have that kind of energy and it just gets worse and worse with time. And then invariably you just injure it worse or you have a compounded energy in injury that's really bad thanks for the points uh aaron appreciate you calling back and uh yeah hopefully we hear from you after a jazz uh two more wins from the jazz call back again yeah we'll get now you in i'm Western telling you to call back yeah. all right uh <laughs> before we take our first break 855-340-ZONE ed is on the line uh good Hi, morning ed, ed. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, so I don't entirely agree with the last caller. I think that the, those issues are around all the time, and they are only a bigger issue now because I think that people are more afraid. Um, Can I clarify really afraid, quick? What issue are you talking about? Uh, the, the, the the rushing back to play and to play more games because there are players that do play every game, and they still do, and they don't get injured like that. So I think that it's a – I don't agree entirely. I think there's something there. But either way, um, getting back to tonight's game, um, I knew the game was slipping away, and I felt it slip away. Uh, two or three moments in the third quarter when uh, Royce O'Neal is wide open and didn't take the shots. Those, that's not the jazz basketball. And when he was tentative – he was scared. The Jazz played scared tonight, and that's why they lost. Um, 
you are the entire team is expected to when you have a wide open three you're supposed to take it i know they have run plays and they do that but when when royce o'neill passed up those shots i knew that they were running scared and that's when you're running scared you're, you make bad decisions and you're tentative and i think that's when the game slipped away so the fix is to fix that get back to who you are and stop um playing as though it seems like they're playing outside of themselves when they do that and that to me was when the game slipped away and if they could pull that out and come back to what they really are they're going to be more successful and i think they'll be i think they will be successful in game six if they do that thanks That's for the call on that. thank you good thoughts and uh, thanks for the call amanda you had a reaction well i want to ask you austin because you know, when you talk about who the Jazz are, Jazz basketball. Jazz DNA. Jazz. Jazz. I don't know what that the is. The Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Oh, my gosh. The Jazz uh, and the Pudding Pops. <laughs> I guess we can't make jokes about Bill Cosby anymore, can The Jazz. The Jazz. Jazz hands. Yeah, jazz. All right. Um, okay, my point. By the way, Hans Olsen should it? have a podcast called Jazz Hands. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, cool. Um, when you when you think about, you know, jazz basketball, I wanna ask what you think of, but I also wanna like insert and say, do you think of like the spacing and the passing? Because I don't feel like we've seen a lot of what they call like the blender. Yeah. By the way, I hate that phrase. I'm I so just sick like and tired I know that it. everyone uses it. So. No, I'm not mad at you. That's because <laughs> that exactly lets everyone know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just become one of those earworms. I'm like, ew, the blender. Ew, the blender. I get it. L- lots of passing. I get lots it. Lots of good passing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're making have... the extra pass. I don't know that. Like especially in this game, what? When was there a moment like that? Exactly. There wasn't. There hasn't been since game two. Right. There, the, the, and that's where the Clippers have made incredible strides in this series from a strategy standpoint is they decided, okay, we can't just go pick and roll with Kawhi and Paul George and Zubats, that fella. He hasn't played like he did in the first two games as far as minute allocation because the Clippers staff looked at the film and went, the Jazz are getting, yeah, the, the Clippers are scoring, but the Jazz are scoring because we're not in the spaces where the Jazz are passing the ball. They were able to swing it from the corner to the top to the corner to the elbow to the corner and, and get those open threes and go on those 10-0 runs. And since game two, game three, game four, game five, you see the Jazz cross that half-court line and there's maybe a pass. Right. Maybe on each possession. Uh, and at that point, you're not going to win a lot of games, and that's to the Clippers' credit for figuring out a way to get in the the lanes where the Jazz usually find their guys. Totally. And if that changes in Game 6, the Jazz win. If it doesn't, the Jazz lose. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Alex, have you seen the same thing? As far as the blender being broken? Yeah, you know, there were... It does seem that like the the Clippers have found a way to kind of you know gum it up as it were you know just like really kind of make it so that things don't blend as well like they they found a way to, to really keep themselves you know like it, they've just stopped the ball movement that's essential to the blender yeah um, they've found a way to get the Jazz off kilter 
and just, you know, really uncomfortable. Um, a lot of that is jumping those passing lanes early. Um, you know, we've seen that in each of these past three games in those losses very early on. There's a lot of turnovers where the Jazz are trying to make a pass and it's not the most accurate pass. It's not the best pass. It's not the best read that they could make. But, you know, the Jazz have been able to get away with that at times during the season where it maybe isn't the best pass, but it gets to where it needs to go and they're good enough that they can make the other team pay for it. The Clippers realized and have said, no, it needs to be a perfect pass or we're taking it away. And suddenly the Jazz are going, well, not, like I don't feel safe passing it anymore because the last time I did, they took it back and dunked it on the other end. And that now looks poor. That, that reflects poorly on me because I made that pass. Yeah. So instead of passing it, I'm going to hold on to it. And that the blender's done. It's stopped. Yeah. You can't even get it started at that point. And then the thing you just touched on, which is absolutely true, is in this game tonight... The Jazz were able to find ways to get those passes off, but they weren't perfect. They were high and outside or, or inside and low, and then you can't catch and shoot. you got to create again, and the Jazz are not a creation team. They're a pass-and-shoot team. And the 11 turnovers in the first half of the game, just like it's a hard number to look back at. It was 11-4 yep. to four on turnovers. And that evened out as the game ended, but – that's a good point for the first half, and that can even if it evens because out the second half. Because you talk about why is it a five-point game it, at halftime when we've made seventeen threes? Exactly, and it's because you've given eleven more possessions to the Clippers than you should, right? Or at least seven more, if it's eleven to four. But anyway, it's more than it should. All right, we'll take a break. Come back on the other side, and you know what? We're going to do something special. We're going to give you both the yeah buts and the fantasy score update in the next segment and get you ready for DJ and PK in three hours. Well, I guess four hours right here on the Zone what Sports time Network. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Austin Horton is in love with this segment already. What is this? Simple Plan. Oh. The most angsty emo of emo bands of all time. Wait, I know a song. I have to look it up from them. Jazz Loose. And now they're asking, how could this happen to me? I know Simple Plan. You do? Well, I know the song, I'm Just a Kid. Yeah. And life is a nightmare. <laughs> Imagine like a little middle school Amanda like singing that before school. Oh man. How old? I don't know, like in middle school, I think. No. Yeah. I'm like 20 years older than you. No, you're not. Simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are not. Some are of you? these emo bands have staying power. Maybe so. That could be. You are not 20 years older than me. Uh, but yeah, this is a perfect choice, Alex Lundberg, because uh, the jazz are. Probably feeling a little emo tonight. <laughs> uh, it, it's awesome. All right, uh, it's time for the yeah buts. So there's the negative. The Jazz lose. But 
I kind of like just nobody died. I kind of like that, like because of me and Johnny, this has become a segment. It has. I decided. I I fought it, and I fought it, and I went. No, no need to fight it anymore. Let's <laughs> let's use this. Let's use their strengths of negativity. Segment. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but if the Jazz lose, yeah, but the yeah, but is a positive. Yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but. Well, it was the Jazz were winning, and you guys were like, yeah, but so. Whatever. I like to break. I like to break it down in game. It's fine. It's all good. Before we get a yeah, but from you, Amanda and Alex, I gotta think about it. And you do have it. You, I mean. We the bar has word? been set high by Eric Jensen. <laughs> I know. Did we get one word? It's hard. No. Oh, okay. It's hard, though, to top nobody died tonight, oh, my gosh. which is what Eric Jensen went with after game four. So think about that while we get a thought from Chris. 855-340-ZONE. Chris isn't tired. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you? Not bad. If you remember, I called you guys after game three. Sure. I made the comments about urgency, and I was the one who talked about Conley being damaged goods. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, not now, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't bring that up. <laughs> but uh, we, won't, we won't talk about that. But uh, what are we thinking for game six? I mean, We've had all these other teams, and we've given them the excuse that they've had their backs on, on the wall, and they play so great. I guess it's time for us to see how the Jazz are going to play with their backs against the wall. But I think everyone else is now freaking out. Am I right? Seems like it. Yep. Seems like the fire alarm has thought? been pulled, Amanda. But, like, I kind of want to circle back to what was on here two games ago. Yes. Two games ago. Where Austin and I were talking about after the Jazz lost the first game to the Clippers. Not the first game, but their first loss to the Clippers. Game three, yeah. Game three. And it was like, I by no means, and I'd be interested to see what you think. Like, I didn't think that the Jazz were going to sweep the Clippers in this series. I said they'd play at least six. I think Austin said that he had them playing seven games. Yep, I still do, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not, like, surprised at that some of these outcomes how do you feel I, I feel like that, that that's why i brought the urgency concept up is because in utah they were in two dog fights and then we go to la get blown out in game three i thought that we needed to start looking at the game plan changing and i still do because if you think about it rudy's not been evolved it, it, he gets to switch off the, the pick and then we have terrence Mann guarding him i've seen batum on him and even beverly I mean, I know his hands used to be frying pans, but at this point, like, we just got to test it and go inside. And I, I feel like Snyder's got to do something. I think he played more minutes tonight, and that's good. You just got to play your best guys. Donovan was off. It's just scary to think. But I, I'm going to switch up now because you guys calmed me out down after game three. I'm going to say the Jazz go steal game six, and then, you know, anything can happen in the seven. Yeah, speaking Everyone of doing back Speak it into it exi- speak it into existence, Chris. He's a goldfish. Jazz are gonna win game six. <laughs> I'm a goldfish. And then it's yeah. anyone's anyone's uh, go on Sunday, right here in Vivint Arena. I, can uh, we just can we can we do the uh, food poisoning thing with Ray Jackson <laughs> or something? <laughs> 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 right, if you guys are enjoyable to listen to, thanks so much and I will continue to listen to you after game six and we win. Go Jazz. Thanks, Yay, Chris. Thanks for it. calling. And Chris uh has maybe my one 
uh, adjustment that I would like to see from the Jazz, and that is get the ball to Rudy Gobert more. Yeah. Although they got it to him some tonight, and he didn't do with, do with it what I'd like to see him do with it when he's got guys like Chris mentioned, like Beverly, Batum, uh, 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 Jackson, between he and the basket. You got to find a way to put it on him in that point, in that moment, Rudy. And, and he might even say he just like gets a touch, right? He gets a touch in the paint. Maybe he takes a dribble or two. Ugh. <laughs> maybe. And I'm I just saying. Has, maybe. I think he has underrated handles for a center. But you don't want a game plan for your center to have to handle the ball. Right. Yeah. But, like, hypothetically, like, you're going to get at least one other defender to kind of collapse on you. And someone's going to be open. So when we talk about passing, when we talk about that ball movement that we frankly haven't seen the last couple of games, you want to hit those areas of the court. Like, you want to hit the post. You want to force a defense to have to make a choice. What is the choice? Yeah, frankly, they right. frankly the Clippers have been doing whatever they want. Yep, they sure have, especially in the last three games. Right though, yeah. like you want to make a defense have to choose what their next move is. Am I going to go this way or am I going to go that way? And that's exactly what the Clippers have done to who the Jazz. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I don't feel like either team is playing great defense. To be frank and honest with you, I don't. Uh, I think that the Clippers are playing better defense than none, like they did in the first two games. But the Jazz haven't played any defense in all five games. They have, they have, in fact, I heard this stat from David midway through the fourth, that, or midway through the second tonight, that the Jazz uh, defensive rating at that point in the game was 135 in the second quarter. Vomit. So it's anyway, okay. uh, by the way, I I wonder if the Jazz don't need to drive to the hoop more and let Rudy clean up the scraps like they did in the third quarter. Just forget the three unless it's wide stinking open and just drive, 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 drive. Because the only I get that the Clippers are long and they're athletic. But really, the only big guy they have is Zubats, and no offense to Zubats, but he's a backup center at best in the NBA. I like the point that you brought up a couple games ago where you were like, <laughs> maybe this was the first game we did together. We were like, who had the most points? The, the team that won. That was yeah. the point of the game, right? <laughs> yeah. So some defense That was a little sugarcoating by me if I... <laughs> Can admit Whoa, that, are though. you backtracking? No, I was right. <laughs> but I looked at the scores, that's the score in game one and went... Whew, that's bad defense. Well, let's talk about who scored the most points. <laughs> so It's true, though, right? Like, yeah. I often say this very complex game where we break down all these numbers and we can talk about all these different areas. At the end of the day, the team that scored the most points wins. Yeah. All right, let's get our yeah buts. Yeah, Alex, but. uh, and we all agreed that we start from the standpoint that nobody died tonight. So <laughs> what's next? What was your yeah but for the Jazz, Alex Lundberg? Uh, my yeah but is... Yeah, the Jazz lost, but they showed a lot of offensive firepower in that first half. They showed a lot of like it, like it wasn't just one person, and it the the big thing is it wasn't even really Donovan in the first half. They had Boyan Bogdanovich, who was shooting the lights out. Jordan Clarkson was hot. Uh, Royce O'Neal was all over the court. Yeah, like it wasn't just putting putting the ball through the hoop. 
he was making an impact in every facet of the game. So the Jazz are capable of not just winning game six, but winning the series. I like it. And I agree. Royce kept them when the Jazz yeah, were down 10, 10 nothing or whatever it was to start the game. Royce O'Neill was the only reason the Jazz came back. And 10-3. Uh, 10 3, yeah, thanks. And uh, so, good point there, Alex. They are capable. Amanda? Definitely. I'm going to say, yeah, the Jazz lost. But. but... <laughs> it, you got to win four. And uh-huh. yeah, the Jazz lost, but you got to win four. Uh, and so, I'm kind of where Austin is now, where I do think that this will end up being a seven game series. Yeah. I, I, because. Essentially, the Clippers will have, if they win four in a row, they've just swept the Jazz. And how hard is that to do in the NBA? It's almost impossible. Right. It so. just kind of circles back to what I've already said multiple times, which is like, if you're at this point in the season, you expect to win. Like, no one's just going to be like, oh, we're not going to win the series. Oh, man. See you next know. year. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? No. Uh, my yeah, but the Jazz lost, but they the turnovers canceled out at the end of the night. Each team had the same amount of turnovers. The fast break points was I think the Jazz had one more fast break point than than the the Clippers tonight, and the Jazz missed eight free throws and lost by eight. If you make they shot three of 24 from three in the second half. If you go five of 24 and make four of those eight free throws, you win this game. So it's not a blowout and the jazz played crappy. So the jazz lost, but they almost won still playing crappy. Why can't they do the same thing in game six? Didn't you say it was three points in the fourth quarter? They cut it to three. Yeah. They literally could have taken the lead. Literally. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then finally, we got to update you on our uh, Jazz Playoff Overtime Fantasy League scores. Now, I have an admission to make. Oh, gosh. I cheated Team Johnny out of Game (gasps) 2. How dare you? I somehow didn't give Team Johnny his Game 2 score. So he was, like, way behind. And I was like, (laughs) something's not adding up here. So I went back tonight. I looked into it. And there were 76 points missing from Team Johnny's score. That being said, in this series, uh, tonight, by the way, Team Horton, 120, Team Lightfoot, 94, Team Lundberg, 46. I, I added yours up four times because I, I was like, that's impossible. Well, Kawhi. Kawhi with a zero. Kawhi, yeah. yeah. That, and he play. was winning the series single-handedly in yeah, this. So. So uh, that that brings to the series score to Team Horton four twenty one, Team Johnny Amanda three ten. I didn't even get to pick though. No, you didn't. But so, you're still in second. Okay, I mean it's not first, but whatever. And Team Alex two ninety four. <laughs> For the playoffs, Team Lightfoot's and Amanda's seven seventy six. Now I'm happier. Team Austin six seventy eight. Team Alex five thirty nine. I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks for uh, filling in uh, last second even, uh, Amanda. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. I always have such a fun time doing this. This is, I think, what, my third time now? So a couple makes you like, oh, a casual guest. But now I'm a series regular. Now you're a co-host. 
I'm a you're I'm not a, a guest regular. host. You're not a guest host. You're a co-host. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Congrats. You've done as many Ooh, of these you. as Johnny has. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, Johnny missed tonight only because he's uh, handling things at Improvo in four hours for yeah. BYU Media Day, which could not come on a better day all of a sudden than the day after a jazz depressing loss. <laughs> Let's escape into football talk for a day here. <laughs> all right, for Amanda Smith and Alex Lundberg, as well as Jordan, Robin, Blair, Isaac, even though he didn't get on air, Gary, Steve, Kyle, Bronco, Aaron, Andy Larson. Yeah, that Andy Larson. And Chris, I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you uh, after game six Friday when the jazz... Bring it back to Salt Lake Tide at 3. This is Jazz Playoff Overtime. DJ and PK up in less than four hours here on The Zone.